0: hello i'm greg howard jr and this is don't make this weird the podcast each week i invite a special guest to talk about their life news politics and anything else that may come up head over to the patreon where you'll get the random questions game a secret from my guest you get some merch for being a loyal patron and and you get this uh whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the patreon so head over to patreon.com forward slash spring break 83 productions to join now
1: All right, um, my guest today is a professor, he is an author, he is a podcaster, he is an actor, um, and he is quite possibly one of the greatest people that I've had the pleasure of following on any social media. Um, my guest today is Corey, how are you, sir?
2: Good, well, sir, how are you?
1: I'm, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Um, today is, we are recording this on election day. Um, which, which races are you watching today?
2: Well, I am actually watching the, uh, Virginia race, of course, for governor. Um, I think it's very key, very important. Um, in fact, I think that one is the one everybody's most worried about because you got a guy who's spouting, uh, beloved by uh <laughs> oh my god I just I just gonna you know talk about how ridiculous he is um and then you know you've got the lieutenant governor who is an Hispanic woman who's running with Mr. Alcloth um I think I pronouncing his name correctly. um and so that's you know you got a woman but you also got a person of color um so I think a lot of us are just really worried about that race um and what it could mean. And I'm particularly worried about it because I'm in North Carolina, right? And we're neighbors. I mean, so a lot of what happens trickles down on us. Plus, you know, um, we have the situation in our own state right now where we have a lieutenant governor who's a Republican, a regular governor who's a Democrat. So I can't tell you how much of a pain in the butt that is. So definitely I'm looking forward to that one. But I'm also looking at some of the um, you know, Dertra Matthews, who is a, a Hop person, she's running for city council in the Columbia, South Carolina. So I'm looking at that one as well. Um, I absolutely. I'm at her. Um, looking at, um, oh, my gosh, Ch- Chantel Brown um, from Ohio. I oh, that's right. That her. is today. I, I love her. Um, she's great. She's k Hop too, I think, on the sneak tip. <laughs> just kidding. But um she's a great a great person. We need more women in charge. Um, and so I'm especially looking for those. And you know, just keep in, see what's happened, all in general, you know.
1: So what you know, you you wear many, many, many hats. Um what what are you working on right now? Like are is is there a right book in the now, works?
2: You know, everything's like on a standstill right now. I've been trying to get my health together. I was recently diagnosed with uh, MS back in June of this year, so I've been trying to live with life um, on those terms. Right, you're dealing with less energy, dealing, feeling less like myself, and trying to come to terms both physically and mentally with what's going on there. Um, But you know, I've always got some book projects in the work. I'm working on a short story um, compilation. Um, i was working on you know a few novels, but you know my thing about it is when it comes to writing, it's the I, I never you know am idea deficient. It's always getting those things actually done on paper or on my computer screen or um, finishing what I started. That's been the main thing. Um, and then you know acting's kind of on standstill because of course um, COVID's changed a lot of stuff. Plus you know um, with my new disabilities, trying to you know, deal with that. I am, um, uh, I think I did a blog post about this, getting ready to resign from my full-time in-person teaching job and go more in the online sector of teaching. That will free up some of my time in terms of the commute from, you know, campus to home. Um, so I'm looking forward to that um, and just being able to work from home, especially with COVID still raging, you know. Yeah. Um, our local one of the local uh, radio personalities from our one of our stations, our hip hop station, actually here in Greensboro, went to his homecoming. He's uh, a Winston Salem grad, and he went uh, weekend before last, and he's now coming down with COVID, you know. And so it's still here, it's still real. So people need to be, you know, going themselves accordingly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a a mass misconception that when after you get the vaccine, you just, you know, you, you're invincible. And, you know, as we saw, like the press secretary recently, um, was, uh, tested positive. Um, we, we are treading headlong into this today is actually the kickoff of, um, midterm, madness uh in exactly a year we'll all be voting in the midterms um do you have a particular uh favorite race um outside of i know you're in north carolina so sherry beasley is in your Mm -hmm. backyard um outside of the north carolina races uh is there one or more that is your favorite that you're watching pretty hard?
2: Um, Val Demings. You know, Florida could definitely use her expertise and her candor and everything that she's great about. Um, Malcolm Kenyatta um, in Philly, um, PA, because, you know, the thing about it is we talk about representation as far as race is concerned, but we also need uh, representation as far as LGBTQ representation, and he fits, he checks that box, um, because I think one of the problems, one of the largest problems, is more of the same. You know, you got a bunch of men, particularly white men, and we need more women. Women get shit done. I mean, look at Kirsten Gillibrand. Look at Amy Klobuchar. I mean, you know, look at the records. I mean, if you want something done and done right, get a woman to do it, or if you want people. Um, who are going to work hard, get someone of a person of color. Or if you want someone who's going to fight for the underdog, get someone who is an LGBTQ person. Because those groups know, you know, wholeheartedly what marginalized people go through, you know. Um, and so that's why they fight so hard. And that's why they get so much stuff done. So I'm just looking forward to seeing more people of color. I'm going to see more LGBT, LGBTQ representation. Looking to see more women representation. Because we have women in the Senate now, but not nearly enough, you know. And so, uh, definitely, Cheryl Beasley, um, Malcolm um definitely Val Demings. Um, you have to forgive me. Sometimes my mind draws a blank. I guess that's one of the drawbacks of uh, MS. But there's just so many. Um, anytime I see a person of color just running or a woman running, like, or LGBTQ person running, it's like they get my support as long as they're not, you know, burning crazy. Um, <laughs> But, you know, they are somewhat saying they get my support because we need that representation, you know, and they get it, you know.
1: Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, Amy Klobuchar. Um, I want to ask you, because there are many people who believe that she would be a better Senate majority leader than um, Chuck Schumer. Do you also ride that train or... How do you feel about
2: that? I think Amy's very effective wherever you put her. I mean, she's going to shine because Amy understands she's a woman and she understands what marginalized people go through. Um, I honestly believe, and I'm glad you brought her up because I think she had a raw deal during the primary. Um, Not that I ever was a supporter, um, because, you know, of course, I was Kamala all the way. (laughs) But Amy is in Minnesota. And she is in a place where there's not that many Black people, right? Um, so some of her tone deafness when it comes to race, um, I think, can be attributed to that. We haven't experienced something; we don't have a lot of experience with it. That tends to shape your views, right? But what I do know is she is a Kamala Harris supporter, and she is a personal friend of Kamala Harris. So I think. Um, I don't know, because I don't really want to speak ill of Chuck Schumer, because I think he's doing a good job. But I do think women understand the urgency of a lot of things. Um, And so I do think that she would be more urgent. Um, Although I saw a couple of desktops between she and Pete during the primary. I don't know. when she's really passionate about something, how well she would be as effective as Chuck is about getting, you know, negotiating, you know, politics is negotiations. But um, I like to her do whatever she wants to do. You know, um, I wouldn't say she would be better than Chuck, but I do think we need someone who gets the urgency of the moment. Like, voting rights have to be protected. Um, you know, policing has to change. And those are two issues that I think you know they're being people are dragging their feet on because they don't see the urgency of it. Amy does. I mean, look at all the bills she's gotten passed um, for women and for marginalized people while she's been in the Senate. I mean, she's got a heck of a record. She and Kirsten Gillibrand both. And so I think both of them will, you know, succeed whatever they do. You know.
1: Now, I know you're you're not a New Yorker, um, but one of one of the more divisive um, while we're on the subject of women in politics, um, Attorney General Tish James just recently announced Mm -hmm. that she is going to run for governor of New York um, and Twitter, as it Wants to be um, is heavily, heavily divided. Um, I, I, personally, you know, have have a stash of cash waiting on Tish James to open up that Act Blue. Um, where, where do you stand on that? Do you think that um, I, in a, in a perfect world, we wake up on November third, twenty twenty one. Who is, who is governor of New York? Is it Kathy Hochul? I believe is how you pronounce her name. Is it Tish James or is it um, Bill de Blasio in, in a perfect world?
2: In a perfect world would be Tish James. I mean, I like you, I have some money waiting on her behalf to give, um, I don't know. When Kamala announced she was running for president, that's the excited, most excited I've been ever about any candidate running for anything. Second to that was Tish James' announcing for governor. I mean, it was one of those things where I would hope she would do it if she wanted it. And the fact that she considered that she wants it, I am so happy. Um, I'm ready to do whatever I can to support her, even though I don't live in New York. Um, I think she's brilliant. Um, I think she can get the job done. And I am just, I think that, People of New York deserve someone like her, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm ready. I
1: have, I have noticed a a trend that whenever a person of color um, announces that they are going to run against a white candidate, there's there's always a number of people who say, well, before you get my support, you have to do X, Y, Z. Have you also noticed that trend?
2: Yes, because, um, and, and by people with very large followings too. Um, one of the things I saw yesterday, just yesterday, it's funny you mentioned this. Um, one of the gentlemen, um, I don't want to call his name, you know, whatever, but his thing was, we need to finish the uh, investigation to Trump. And I'm just like, uh, Anybody can get that done. That's what an AG does. You know, I'm pretty sure she's thorough enough. She's left enough notes. Um, She's left enough information that anybody could just follow her lead or whatever she's progressed on. Um, This is about her personal. Okay. So this is saying, you know, in politics, if you're white, you're all right. If you're black, get back. And I think even some black people play into that. I don't know if you remember, but there was a Twitter thread. I uh, posted a couple of weeks ago where I talked about the 2007 race between President Obama and Secretary Hillary Clinton, um, where I said that even black people um, embraced her more vehemently than they did him because they had knowledge. They had um, a history with her. And I think we, the average voter, is not going to do the research themselves or try to find out people's records. They're going to go, what what the masses say, right? Um, And that's what I see with the whole Tish James thing. Um, You know, they know um, the current acting governor, you know, they know de Blasio, um, but Tish is actually an effective leader as well. So that shouldn't limit her, you know what I'm saying?
1: So I want to jump to um, kind of what is the big story this week um there are some climate activists who Mm -hmm. are currently on hunger strike outside of the white house um they have been very vocal on twitter about their medical issues um because of this hunger strike um do you feel that this is an effective protest or is this more performative
2: for you it's more performative art. I mean, I don't understand how everything gets legislated, everything gets handled in social media now. Like, if you and I have a beef, you know, we've got to make a post about it. Um, and instead of me calling you up, if I have your personal number and just saying, hey, Greg, let's hash this out. Or me coming to your home, I remember, you know, that even, you know, people we were really close to. Um, and now it's about likes, it's about, you know, posting on social media. And it just seems very much akin to that. Like, first of all, you're on a hunger strike, so quite naturally your body is going to respond um, to that. But what are you doing? I'm Like, they're sitting in wheelchairs. I mean, there are actual people who are disabled and need wheelchairs. They're sitting in wheelchairs, can't move uh, beyond a certain point because it's either their lack of you know food or whatever, and their energy or whatever. So it's just like, come on now. I mean, how about you know calling up your congressperson or someone in the Senate for Senator and, you know, making your case to them, you know, um, as opposed to just sitting outside the Capitol building in wheelchairs. And I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing. Um, I don't know where we've gotten to because, you know, Cory Bush is my age. I'm 45 and she's 45. And remember how when she was trying to, you know, get the, uh, you know, the, the house to stay in town and, you know, vote, on uh, the infrastructure bill, or whatever, or you know, draw attention to homelessness, or whatever. She camped out on the um, capital steps. She's forty-five years old, and it's, it's you know, I used to attribute it to the younger generations, like you know, Generation Z, or um, but but it's actually all of us now. It's like we've all adopted this kind of let me be seen, you know, rather than heard or them be seen rather than actually get some stuff done. And they tend to like politicians like that too, if you notice that. Like they love the AOCs and the, the squad because that's what they do. That's what they get off on. It's crazy.
1: But, and it's just, it's interesting to me because I believe it was either today or yesterday, um, the House Minority Whip, uh, Steve Scalise, basically um, told the press pool that... Um, climate change was a hoax and it was just mother nature and that methane emissions have been around since before the dawn of time. And you never see like protests like the like Mm -hmm. this hunger strike or like Mm -hmm. the day after the inauguration, when uh, the sunrise kids poured manure on Pennsylvania Avenue, you never see this happening in Republican offices or,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, why do you think that is?
2: Mainly because, you know, they can get more attention that way. I'm sure one of the things that really pissed me off was like, um, there was one protest and I forget exactly what it was for, but I know you remember it, where AOC joined some people right outside, I call Queen Nancy, but um, House Majority Leader, Nancy, Nancy Speaker, um, Nancy Pelosi, office. And it's like you're in government. You could just walk across the world down the hall and speak to her, or you could do an interoffice office memo. And here you are out here with these protesters, you know, scaring this 81 year old woman half to death because you want to look good for the cameras. Um, and I think mainly because, you know, One thing about the democratic party which is why i'm glad i'm part of it um is that we're empathetic we honestly do care um and i think they know that by doing it to the democrats they'll get more attention they'll actually get listened to um as ill-sighted as it is they still know that their voices will be heard they know that you know mitch mcconnell and them don't really give a shit about them or what they look like, or what they're doing, or they fall completely out, you know, from hunger, but they know that, you know, the Democrats will listen. I think that's one of the reasons why they do that craziness.
1: Um, Do you have an opinion on why, like, there's so much focus on, from these groups on, like, climate change as opposed to voting rights or um, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Um, why, why, is, why are there not daily protests about these things? Why is everything so, such a climate focus, do you think?
2: Well, I also think that um, this new group of activists um, are very self-centered meaning that if it doesn't affect them personally, they don't really care. So when it comes to the George Ford, Floyd Policing Act, when it comes to you know, uh, the John Lewis you know, Voting Rights Act, they don't care because they know they can vote. They know that police, when they stop them, they're going to go home and live another day and be able to tell about it. They don't care. So you know, when it comes to climate or when it comes to you know homelessness, you know, things that are less controversial or less affecting for them or people they know, they're all about it.
1: Yeah, and I've noticed also that it's become, even with like elected officials, um, because (laughs) just yesterday, um, Howard Dean posted on Twitter that um, the reconciliation, and um the infrastructure packages have to be passed together or not at all and that progressives need to stick to their guns um why why is there sudden this sudden idea of all or nothing as opposed to let's you know as the president said you know, let's pass this and then go back and get everything else.
2: I think it's one of those things where they know some of that stuff is not gonna pass, right? So for them, if I say all or nothing, that means if you lose, I lose. if I lose, you lose too. That's what I'm saying, it's so self-centered. Like, they don't care. They want everybody to lose if they can't get what they want. And so, hence. You know, we're not gonna post, or we're not gonna, you know, pass a piece by piece. If I lose, which I know probably will, I'm gonna make sure you lose too. It's crazy.
1: Now, there's there's a large number of people who, and I say large number, I'll say the average voter um, can't doesn't really know what all's in. The Build Back Better agenda, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of talk about a failure of the media. Now, you know, people like you and I—we're not the the quote average voter. Like we're we're very plugged in. We'll, you know, sitting here, you and I could probably list out in detail everything that's in the Build Back Better agenda. Um, Do you agree that it is a failure on the part of the media um, in educating the average voter about what's in this agenda?
2: Most definitely. And especially if they can make it seem like it is, you know, like they haven't even brought up the fact that it costs the American public zero. Your taxes are not going up. It's not going to put us in more debt. It costs actually zero, and President Biden has said it countless times. But their thing is, you know, well, it was this amount, now it's this amount, and so, you know, it, I can't believe it. And you know, were well, you're not going to get this, and you know, I mean, just the the child care alone. When I think about nobody spending more than seven percent of their income on child care, I remember um, I have a friend of mine; she's a year younger. And she's a 13 year old now, but when he was a baby, I remember her monthly daycare bill, and this was back in around 2007, 2008, was $900 a month. That was her daycare bill. Her mortgage was maybe like two or three months, two or $300 more than that. Um, And to think about, she teaches like I do, she's in education like I am. So, imagine your daycare or your child care costs not being more than 7% of your income. I mean, who wouldn't vote for that? I mean, even some of the media, but it's about ratings. You know, um, I've gotten to the point where I call CNN box light because it's like, although you're supposed to be liberal and although you're supposed to be bringing the truth, you also create a lot of hysteria. You also create a lot of misinformation. Um, and so I think it's mainly about, you know, Competition, but not even good competitions about can I get more likes or clicks than Fox News does on this story? Um, or MSC. I mean, it's just like all of them just horrible, it seems. But as long as they keep stuff going, as long as they talk about stuff that's not relevant, the more ratings they get. You know, and it's just, oh my God.
1: Now we are a. Little less than ten months into um, the Biden Harris administration. Um, and i I was thinking the other day that I can't remember in previous administrations when you know the the public and the media expected an administration to have all of their, flagship um legislation passed in less than a year um is that is this a new thing and or am am i am, have i missed something somewhere
2: i think you got two things going on you've got biden who's always going to be tied to president obama right you got kamala harris who is a Black woman, <laughs> um, an Indian woman. Um, so you've got strikes against them already. I mean, for, first of all, I, I think they're great, they're freaking great, and my life has been changed and um, inspired, and much better off in the ten months that they've been in office. But it's like people always tie President Biden to President Obama. So anything they have grievance with about Obama about you know, President Biden, because of his VP, automatically roped in. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris, because she's a woman and she's a black woman. I mean, because there's still a segment of the population that says, how dare she become one before some white woman does, right? And so it's just one of those things where, you know, damn if they do, damn if they don't. I personally think they're doing excellent. I mean, the fact that over half of our population is fully vaccinated, you know, um, and the thing about it is, you know, when President Obama and uh MVP took office, we had what, half a million people dead of COVID? And it's still over, what, almost close to 700,000, but think about it, half a million versus the 200,000 that have died in the last 10 months, right? You have over half the population that's fully vaccinated, and a great majority are getting boosters now, You've got an economy that's going back. I mean, we literally have more jobs than we have workers. I mean, every place I go, there's help wanted at sign. Um, you've got parents that are getting monthly payments to help ease the cost of child care and taking care of their children. I mean, how much better could it be? Especially considering the dumpster fire we were in when they took office, you know. But I think it's just the odds are against them because of who they are already but they've exceeded that i think that's another thing too when people put stone blocks in your way when people expect you to fail and then you do excel that makes it even worse they try to make it out to be worse hence the media hence the republicans hence everybody coming against them because they're really uh low-key haters i mean we could lack a better term right
1: so since, since you brought up uh, President Obama, um, I, I want to ask why why do you feel like some people are so obsessed with the amount of money that he and forever floaters Michelle make?
2: You know, it's funny because you never hear about the Bush and they're rich just because of are all alone, right? Um, you never hear... It about um, President Carter. Of course, President Carter never was one to be um, rich, or whatever. And he always lived very meagerly. But the thing about it is, I think it's like President Obama's a black man, and you know, what's that old saying? Linda Baines Johnson said, "If you can pick the most uh, oh, educated, yeah.
1: if if you can white can, man, yeah."
2: Better than the best colored man, he won't see you picking his pockets. I mean, you know, eight years no scandals. You know, eight years prosperity for most of the American population, um, and you know, health care, which he had a huge mountain to climb with that. Um, and then even after office, no scandals. I mean, absolutely nothing. Just living his best life. Um, that's that's a problem for a lot of people. Because, you know, how dare he, right? Um, there, there are no scandals whatsoever, and he's living his best life unbothered by whatever they've got to say or throw his way. And that just bothers them altogether. You know, makes me laugh. though.
1: Yeah. So we have come to um, the point in the show uh, where I do a deep dive into my inbox and pull out um, an email from a listener. Um, (laughs) I specifically chose this one um, because I know that you have um, kind of a complicated relationship with Facebook um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think we
2: most most of us do.
1: So this one comes from uh, Maddie in Alexandria, Virginia. Hello, Maddie. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you voted today. Um, Maddie would like to know if you think there is something um, shady going on behind uh, the sudden Facebook name change?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, like we were saying, um, with most people, you know, we're about self and self, you know, preservation. And I think Mark Zuckerberg doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and his inner circle. I mean, let's be honest, let's think about, you know, Facebook's inception. That was an idea that was created by him and a couple of his you know, college colleagues and he stole the idea and ran with it. Right. Um, and so I really do believe that, you know, Facebook is going to be like the mice of social media uh, between 2001, 2021, 2022. I really did. Um, and he's just trying to try all these branding things and being in the media. Because um, he's really not very much a social butterfly at all. Um and in fact we've seen more of him and he's speaking more and he's rebranding. He's just trying to you know, save ass. I mean because he's really got that um, that stigma tied to him that he negatively influenced the 2016 election, that he helped fund you know the stealing of that election. Um, and so, until so he really comes to terms and gets honest with himself and with us. He's going he's going to lose out. i mean, I just believe that. I mean, I think this is like his reckoning. You know.
1: Um, do you, do you think that Mark Zuckerberg is a robot or an alien?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, since you mentioned it, um, I don't, you know, I kind of bet some good money on it. That's,
1: that's a strange looking man. Like, I'm sorry. Um, but white people age, like cut avocado. There's, you know, not, not shit we can do about it. so now we have come to the point in the show uh where i like to play a little game with all my guests um i have before me 15 random questions um since we are now okay. in series two uh the questions are all new um okay you down to play
2: there you go all
1: right number one uh call or text What is your guilty pleasure?
2: Hmm. Wings, probably. I talk about them a lot on the timeline, too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, If aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take take you with them, uh, would you go?
2: I sure would. Oh, my God. It's crazy here.
1: Um, if you could commit any crime and get away with it, what crime would you choose? Prostitution. Okay. That's um. This is episode three, uh, and that's actually the first time that somebody has
2: chosen that one. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I do have had sex and get paid for it. I mean, come on now. So while we're on the subject,
1: I, I want to step away from this for a minute. Um, do you feel that um, sex work should be decriminalized?
2: I definitely do. What you with your own body is your business. Um, I think it's just a way for a white man to control an industry that they actually participate in. I mean, you know, So, yeah, I honestly do.
1: Okay. Um, Whitney or Mariah?
2: Oh Whitney, all day.
1: If you could bring if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be?
2: Hmm. Biker shorts.
1: Okay. Um tequila or whiskey?
2: Hmm, tequila.
1: Uh, what is a film that most people hated but that you love?
2: Huh. I would say it's probably a series of films, probably the Hangover franchise. For me, they thought it was just too broke craziness, but I loved it for some reason. Was, I don't know. I guess it was at a time where I really needed to laugh, and it just, it, it was, oh my God, it was funny to me.
1: Okay. Uh, what is a film that you could watch over and over and never get tired of? Boys in the Hood. That is an excellent film. Netflix or Hulu?
2: Netflix, all day.
1: Um, Hogwarts or Middle Earth?
2: Hmm. That's Middle Earth.
1: What is your favorite Christmas song?
2: Silent Night, the Temptations version.
1: Oh, that's so good. Um, if you had an extra twenty dollars to spend on yourself, what would you buy?
2: Probably either a book or uh, download some music. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, who is a celebrity that you would bring to a wedding as your date?
2: Hmm. I'm think about that one. Wow. Probably Adam Demko, the guy from Sex Life. Have you seen that?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: I bet,
1: I bet he'd be fun at a wedding. I could see that.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: And finally, if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, mm. which ones would you
2: keep? Instagram. Twitter. And probably Uber Eats. Sorry. <laughs> I like to eat. That's and, not bad. Uh, order. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So um, that is the end of what we've got. Um, okay. Do you want to uh, tell the people listening at home where they can find you on social media, where they can uh, read some of your work?
2: Yes. Um, I'm at Medium, um, Corey B King, um, and I'm also on Instagram at Boucher seventy six. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, of course, at Corey B. King. I post um, links and stuff there as well. But it's been a pleasure, man. I, I'm so glad you asked me to do this. Um, finally, nice to meet you in person. Even yeah, though right. We're, we're both on computers, but you're one of the funniest Twitter accounts that I, and I just have, uh, you know, the best time reading your tweets. They should be like, it's on comedy act, you know.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, It has been my absolute pleasure uh, to have you on today. Um, Anytime you want to come back. um, I've got, I've got a space in the zoom for you, man. So you just, you let me know.
2: man. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.